from Sydney to Toronto to London, from New York to LA, and all points around the globe. Welcome to the My Buddy Butch Talk Show, coming to you from the sprawling MBB Radio Network studios. Now, call the dog, get the kids, feed the fish, and let the cat out. Here are the hosts of our show, the man who wants to mow your lawn, Jeff Marginian, and the dog behind the man, our executive producer, and everyone's buddy, all right i'm jeff marginian your host and of course i'm here with my buddy butch my buddy butch goes everywhere with me that we can go together (laughs) and i love having him with me we got a good hour coming up for you uh we have paula brown she's the author of fur shui (laughs) It's an introduction to animal feng feng shui. I can't pronounce that. I never could. Feng shui. And the premise is everything uh, is made of energy, and energy has its home in all your spaces, places, and being. And feng shui is a very ancient and popular practice that entices healthy flow of qi, which is energy, in one's home, business, environment, and even with, within one's body. And Paul is going to talk to us a little bit about uh, that. And actually, the book is really taken off in Italy. She, she had a trip to Italy last year. We're going to talk about that a little bit. Also, we have Kyla Duffy. Now, Kyla Duffy is the founder of HappyTalesBooks.com. And also upforpups.org, which is actually new since the last time I talked to Kyla. And they're nonprofits. Uh, what they do is happytalesbooks.com puts out books, and they're doing about a book a month. So they're on fire. And they donate uh, a lot of the proceeds, roughly half last year, to animal shelters around the country. So. If you have a shelter in your area, chances are they may have uh, received proceeds from her. Now, she's also putting on a show, a stage show. It's coming up February 12th, okay? And what it is, it's called Don't Kill Bill Puppy Mill Awareness Stage Show. And it's going to be starting in Boulder, Colorado. Now, they're hoping to take this around the country. And she's an aerialist. Oh, my gosh. I I can't even watch those little girls in the Olympics walking on that beam. I'm afraid they're going to fall. Oh, I have to rest now. Stay with us. Jeff and Butch will be right back on the My Buddy Butch Talk Show. If you're a veteran of Iraq or Afghanistan, like me, coming home can be harder than expected. I felt a little out of place, but it turns out I wasn't alone. At IAVA.org, there's a free online community of thousands of OIF and OEF vets who've got your back here just like they did over there. So now, I'm never alone. I can get the resources I need and talk to tons of people who understand where I'm coming from. Whether it's navigating the GI Bill or VA hospitals, managing the transition home, or meeting people you can share stories with, you'll find it at IAVA.org. Even, Even if, if it's, it's just, just everyday, everyday stuff, stuff, like getting tips on where to find a nice sweater for my dog. Did he just say sweater? that? <laughs> really? What? Okay, maybe not that, but everything else. No matter where you are, 
Iraq and Afghanistan Veterans of America is there for you. Join our community at IAVA.org. We've got your back. Brought to you by Iraq, Afghanistan Veterans of America and the Ad Council. Paula Brown is an animal communicator and feng shui practitioner. (laughs) I always say that wrong. (laughs) And she runs her own communications practice, the heart of conversation, bird in hand. She regularly takes referrals from around the world and works as a guest lecturer for holistic and alternative healing organizations as well as teaches animal communication workshops. Her website is animalhearttalk.com. She lives in California. And I talked to Paula. We had the pleasure of having her on uh, early last, actually it was in the early spring. And Paula, I'm glad to have you back with us. Hey, Jeff. Thanks for inviting me back. And yeah, you can also find me on the internet with my book, First Way at firstway.com. Absolutely, yeah. So we're going to get all that in. We'll have all that on our after show blog and the last time that we spoke it's been way too long we've emailed since then yeah but you were getting ready to head to italy yes i spent the majority of the month of may in italy because the book was translated to italian Mm -hmm. and it took them almost a year to translate it and Mm -hmm. uh, my gift to and the Italians and myself was a trip to Italy to mm. visit the publisher and also go see where Fur Shui was now very popular in Italy. And mm. quite frankly, I'm more known in Italy than I am in the United <laughs> States at the moment. <laughs> well, that's good. You're known somewhere. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, I walked into a couple of the, they call the bookstores, libraries. And uh-huh. uh, there's my book, and they all gasped and said, "You are the person." And I said, "Yes, I am." <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, wow, that's great. Now, where was it? Oh, I went. I started in Milan. The publisher is Velardi in Milan, and the book is a little bit different name. Um, First way doesn't really translate, uh-huh. so it's the Tao of the Cat and Man's Best Friend. Oh, and wow, okay. so I started in. Milan, in the northern part, then I went to Venice, Rome, um, all over in Tuscany, Florence. Florence was just my most favorite experience. Really? And, uh, yes, yeah. And, and people love their animals here and in Italy. And the bookstores are just fantastic in Italy. They have huge, huge sections devoted to animals. And um, mm-hmm. there's my book on the end cap. And I just felt so proud of being able to um, translate a little bit of what I know to the Italians, and they they seem to be really loving it, and I'm very very pleased. Um, I ended up in in Rome, and I just didn't want to come back home because the gelato is <laughs> so great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know how, and you were there for the whole month, and you came About back almost the whole month. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Now, how did you travel when you were there? Oh, I was with, um, at first it was just myself, and then I have a friend who's also an animal communicator in Milan. And so we went around, you know, via her transportation, her car, and the public transportation there is great. So Mm -hmm. I went by train and by 
tour bus, and then I linked up with a walking tour a little bit later so I could go out and walk in the countryside and really find out what Italy was like. And I, the book is all over the place. It's in small little places like Siena and Orvieto, and uh-huh. anywhere you look, there it is. And the walking group, the Italian walking group that I was uh, that I visited with another walking group knew about the book, and so we had a great party. And first way was passed around, and and people have really wonderful questions about their animals all around the world. And it was so pleasing to do something like this. It just everybody loves their animals, and that seems to be a universal point. And mm-hmm. it just was very touching. That's great. Now you did book signings in all these areas. I did book signings in Milan and in um, Venice. Mm-hmm. And then I just visited other places and said hello. And and they said, next time you come, if you know Italian, we'll put you on the circuit. <laughs> oh, there you go. You know so, what? Have you ever heard of a uh, newsletter called The Florentine? No. It's no. actually, it's an English-speaking Italian paper. Oh, my gosh, that's great. And it's called The Florentine. It comes out of Florence, naturally. Yeah. So if you get online and search Google, search the Florentine um, Italian uh, English speaking, and it'll come right up. Oh, that's great. They, that's put, a- they put it out uh, like a couple times a month or something, and it's really, my heritage is Italian. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm, Marginian is Romanian, but my mom was Lalo. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah. So that I have kind of an affinity to the food and, and the culture. That's why I was so enamored with you going to Italy. I thought, oh, my gosh, I can't wait to go. So that's fantastic. It's, fan- that's it's, it's a place where they very much enjoy um, design and things that last and also new trends. Uh-huh. And I found that they really dig into new things and keep them with them a little bit longer if they really like them. And I think it's the the older countries do this, but the food and the people were just fantastic, and I couldn't have been more pleased to to have gone over there and had this experience, and my book made it possible. That's great. That's fantastic. Now, Fur Shui. Yes. Correct? Yes, Fur Shui. Fur Shui. It's an introduction to animal Feng shui. Feng shui. Feng shui. Feng shui. All these spellings and everything, I can't figure it all out. Well, <laughs> you know what? I read it so long ago, and when we had left off, we were going to talk um, a little bit about Butch and, the, I guess, the, the fur bagua? Yes, the bagua that um, is, it, the bagua is a, Neat little, I call it the treasure map of black hat feng shui, and the book has got a little bagua in it, but it's an octangular road map to where all the energies are in your house. Oh, and my gosh. Yeah, you've got all your life. These energies naturally live in your environment, in your house, and animals instinctively just go to the different life areas, like career, helpful people, travel, creativity, relationships, health, prosperity, um, family, skills, and knowledge, and I love the fame section because the fame section is where animals recharge, and animals are little fire chi carriers, and that's the home of fire. Okay. And we had a challenge on to see where Butch was moving around in your house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, and the thing about it is, I don't think I either 
read it correctly or knew exactly how to use it. And uh-huh. yeah, that was that was the thing. I was going to try to do that. And what I ought to do is, I'll tell you what, I, I love the book. And a couple people wanted to borrow it, and I told them no. <laughs> <laughs> because I wanted to make sure that I had this book. Oh, good. <laughs> and yes, absolutely. So when you have this, this little bagua, this rectangular uh, diagram that you have here, uh, the career portion points towards flush with the entry wall, the front door. Yes. Okay. Yeah, you take this octagon. Now, is this the front of the whole house or just the front yep. of the room? It can be both. Okay. You can, you can feng shui your whole house by just imagining that octagon as being as big as your house, and you put the, the black area, which is the entrance part, the lower part of the octagon, and that's your career zone. Okay. And that's where all the energies for your life path and your job live. Okay. And you just lay it imaginarily over your whole house, and you can find that the love relationship gua is over in the far right-hand corner, okay. and the prosperity gua is over in the far left-hand corner, and straight across from career is the fame and reputation section. Right. And the other, your center of your whole house is your health and balance area. Mm-hmm. And you can also take this bagua and shrink it down and apply it to every entrance in every room. Wow. So you can fur shui or feng shui. <laughs> it all depends on if your animal's helping you or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, and you can, you can apply these energies to amp any of these places in your life that need a little bit of help or a little bit toning down, like mm-hmm. if you have a real anxious dog, you might want to tone down the fame section a little bit and mm-hmm. put some water or some black element into there. And there, the book really goes into how you can do all these things. And it's really easy, but the most important thing about fur shui and feng shui is your intent. Uh-huh. If you put the intent of health into an area and into your animal, they're going to get that. And mm-hmm. that's the most important part. You can't just Throw some yellow on your animal and say, okay, now you're healed. <laughs> First, you got to research it, go to the vet, and then help him out. <laughs> wow. But it's the intent, and that's how energy works. And energy makes up everything, your thoughts, your couch, your table. And the most important thing is that little fur folk running around, busting up all the energy in your house and moving it around for you. And they instinctively go to the places that need to be busted up and amped up or, you know, if you've just broken up with somebody, mm-hmm. you'll find that your cat or your dog and, you know, even your, even a bunny, they'll, they'll go off into that love corner and try to help you because animals are unconditional love and they really, really want to help. Do so, they, do you, you feel that they connect with that? They, they know what's going on? Yes. Okay. Yes, they do. And, you know, I'm, I'm um, a true believer of the energies that already exist. And even if you go to a dog park, you look at the dog park, and where the dogs are getting along a little bit better uh-huh. are always in the, same, in, in the partnership, your love and partnership corner, and also the family and community tie area. Mm-hmm. And it's just really amazing to look at when I have clients that call in. I said, well, where's your animal acting up? Is there clutter in that area? What does that area look like? And nine times out of ten, there'll be some blockages of the chi that's flowing around the house. So 
It's a very helpful tool to have. It isn't the end all, but it's a very helpful thing to have. Wow, very interesting. And I and the one of the areas that he actually does spend some time is behind the couch against the front wall. Ah. And that, as you say, is career. That's career, and then over to the um, left-hand side of the door is skills and knowledge. So if you're, if you're working all the time or if you're a workaholic and kind of depleted there, they go to that area to give you some help. Oh, is that right? Yep. Wow. You must be working too hard, Jeff. I'm telling you, yeah, he does spend time over there, that's for sure. Yeah, he's trying to help you and, and um, bring a little bit of warmth into that cold career. Wow, I guess. <laughs> I guess that must be it. Well, Paula, we have to have you back. I have to pay a little bit more attention to this. This is actually, you know, it's a, I think it's a great uh, way to spend a little time uh, paying attention to your pet. Yes. And it, Yes, and, it is. And doing some of the things that you talk about in this book. Um, Fur Shui is the book. What's the website again? It's fursway.com. Fursway.com. Yes. It's kind of spelled like the Chinese feng shui. It's F-U-R-S-H-U-I dot com. You're listening to the My Buddy Butch Talk Show on the MBB Radio Network. (laughs) Soldiers returning with traumatic brain injuries or other serious battle wounds often spend weeks or months in a VA hospital or other rehab facility. DVDs for Vets is collecting DVDs and portable players for distribution in our community and nationwide. Many of us take for granted our access to everyday enjoyments, and DVDs for Vets needs your help in giving these injured soldiers some diversions from the monotony of a hospital stay during recovery. To donate new or used DVDs or to learn more about this worthy cause, please go to www.dvdsforvets.org. Confessions of a Potentially Perfect Parent, brought to you by AdoptUsKids.org. I don't know how to talk like a parent. Don't make me come back there. You see what I mean? It's pretty awful. Try it again. Don't make me come back there. Now that's pretty good. That one kind of sounded like my dad. Weird. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. There are thousands of teens in foster care who would love to put up with you. Call 1-888-200-4005 or visit AdoptUsKids.org for more information. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Adopt Us Kids in the Ad Council. Fur Shui. Shui, shui, fur shui. I still don't know how to say it. I should learn how to say it. I don't know why, but I should probably learn anyway. Paula Brown, great lady. Interesting book. It's fun. So uh, I'll go ahead and do the uh, Bagua thing here with Butch and uh, see how that turns out. And I'll report on us. And we'll have Paula back on again. And she is an animal communicator also, which I don't know uh, about that. You know, I mean, uh, some people are skeptical. I could see it from a standpoint of Butch and I being together and you and your pet. You get to know each other after a while. And you can pretty much tell what they're thinking, I think. I mean, at least Butch and I are that way. He knows me very well, and I know him very well. And we know what we're after when we, uh, you know, come after each other for something or just look at each other sometimes. So, okay, hey, you know what? The uh, 53rd Grammy Awards are coming up. And actually, i got to get my ballot in here pretty quick. Um 
the Grammy Foundation, uh, uh, Music Cares is another uh, charity. And this year, their person of the year is Barbara Streisand, okay? Now, they, Barbara Streisand has done a lot of philo- philanthropic work along with her uh, extraordinary creative accomplishments. Uh, she has done a lot of charitable activities over the years. Barbara has been a champion of women's rights, gender equality, human rights the, around the world. The Streisand Foundation has given millions of dollars in grants to numerous nonprofit organization, organizations and more than $21 million was directed to causes she supports from her two most recent concert tours. So... A lot of people have been uh, uh, honored by this. I'm proud to be a voting member of the Grammys. And as we go uh, get closer, the Grammys are February 13th, uh, Sunday this year. And as we get closer to it, I'll give a little commentary and talk a little bit about some of the winners. And hopefully we can get a few on the show here. Love your pet almost as much as you do here on the My Buddy Butch Talk Show. Hi, I'm Ryan Seacrest for RAD. Over 300 people in this country are killed every week by a drunk driver. That's the equivalent of two 747 plane crashes every single week. And the problem isn't going away unless we all do our part to stop it. So if you see someone who's about to drive after drinking, get the keys. Don't leave it up to anyone else. Friends don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. MBBRadio.com and MyBuddyButch.com are the websites. Now, if you want to send us an email, send us an email. Let us know what you think of the book. My Buddy Butch, Confessions of a New Dog Dad. I want to thank everybody for buying the book. And right now, uh, I believe we're on back order. They'll get those out to you just as soon as they can. Uh, also, The Chronicle, our newsletter. Uh, you can sign up for that on either one of those two websites. And the After Show blog, okay? And the After Show blog does have a lot of links and information from the guests that we have on the show. As well as, check out our news blog at mbbradio.com for the latest uh, in recalls and pet news and some of the items that we cover here on the show are also there. So, hey, we'll be back after this. You're listening to the My Buddy Butch Talk Show with your host, Jeff Marginian, on the MBB Radio Network. And now, the My Buddy Butch Rescue Shelter of the Week, helping to save deserving pets from around the USA and Canada. Hot-Bellied Pigs was one of my favorite interviews of the year. Listen to this. We're talking with Dottie from PigsForever.com about Pot-Bellied Pigs as pets. Dottie, thanks for being with us. Oh, thank you for having me. I, I told you a little story before we started about how my grandmother used to raise pigs and farm animals and whatnot, and we started thinking about uh, different animals for pets, Pot-bellied pigs was one that I thought of. I thought, well, we got to talk to Dottie a little bit here about pot-bellied pigs as pets. So tell us a little bit, how long have you uh, been working with pot-bellied pigs and have have had them as pets? 
Um, my first pig I got in 1991, and he came from a pet store, and that was after doing as much research as I could do back then. There was not a whole lot of information, um, but that was my first one, and his name was Stinky. Stinky? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Feeding area. You know, are they? Do they need a lot of room to run and play and all that kind of stuff? Also, they don't need a whole lot of room. Um, an average yard, and estimating, is it's fine for them. They they do need outdoor time. People sometimes think a house pig means that it's indoors twenty four seven. When we when we talk uh, house pigs, we mean that they eat and and sleep indoors. But when weather is permitting. Um, they should go out and enjoy it and be a pig. Mm -hmm. um, if you're out there playing or working in the yard, let them go out there, be a pig, and potty out there also. Mm -hmm. Pigs are very intelligent. Highly intelligent. How would you rate them as far as intelligence compared to, say, a dog? Um, extreme. They're a lot smarter than a dog. They pick up things quicker. Okay. And so they're relatively, would you say, relatively easy to train? They are easy to train. Um, people need to realize what they are doing in the beginning, and I have made that mistake myself. You teach them something and go down the road and go, oops. <laughs> Pig has learned a bad habit, and it can be hard to get them out of that bad habit. Mm -hmm. But if you show it to them correctly and do it right the first time, they pick up easily they love to learn that's what it is oh so they're they're and they're intelligent so they got to be kept occupied they do it's like having we compare their intelligence to that of a two to three year old human okay so is there a lot of is there stubbornness <laughs> well you've heard the term pig-headed i'm sure Oh, no, I've never, I've never heard that ever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know where it comes from. <laughs> oh, okay. So, it, you know, it, I know with certain breeds of dogs, like bulldogs and those types of dogs, their, their stubbornness is sometimes confused with a lack of intelligence. But that's not the case. No, they, no, no, not at all. They just don't want to do certain things, and they're not going to do it. Now, as far as... Um, laws and ordinances. Are there some places like in the United States where you wouldn't be able to have one? First of all, how big do they get? Well, the, the thing is people confuse size with weight on the, on the pot bellies. Uh -huh. um, the average size is still that of about of a medium-sized dog, mm -hmm. um, say a collie, mm -hmm. something like that people do. However, pigs are very dense. Mm -hmm. So they can still end up weighing a lot. My littlest one right now, and he will be four, so he is full grown, mm -hmm. um, weighs about 150 pounds. Wow. But he is, for me, he is small. Um, my, uh, my biggest one was about 250 pounds. Mm -hmm. So if the, that's the thing. People think they hear weight and they think this huge humongous pig well it's not they're very dense and like i said still about the size of a medium dog uh-huh and i'll tell you what they they probably do they snore really loud <laughs> some of them do oh. actually some of them do yes i'll bet you butch would uh <laughs> fit right in man he snores so loud it rattles the windows 
Oh, yeah, I've had him. And um, uh, Ziggy was a good snorer, and uh, Clyde, who is an outdoor pig, uh-huh. and um, I can go to the back door and hear him across the yard snoring some nights. Oh, no kidding. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> what, uh, now, what kind of, I know you're in Florida. Correct. So your climate, you know, in 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 central to northern Florida can be a little temperate. You know, but it can get chilly. Uh, what kind of climate do these uh, animals like? Um, I would say more of, of what Florida has. I'd say for them, their favorite temperatures would be if it went from at night in the 50s to somewhere in the 70s during the day, they would be in, as we say, hog heaven. Oh, beautiful. Um, yes. But they can be kept just about anywhere. I have also lived in Idaho and Nevada with them. Oh, wow. And I do know of people in just about every state. I've heard from people in Alaska, even, with potbelly pigs. No kidding. Yeah. Fantastic. I am assuming that they do spend most of their time indoors, but, yes, they are just about everywhere. Wow, that is outstanding. And it, it's, it's you know, I'll tell you what. Hold on. I'm, I'm going to let... Okay, Dottie. I want to ask you... Um, you have so much experience with with pot-bellied pigs, and you worked with them for a while, moved around with them also. Are there shelters for these animals? There are shelters all over the country. Okay. Um, there are shelters, rescue sanctuaries, um, also um, uh, national organizations, too. Okay. Uh, like pig clubs, and they are really into helping these uh, pigs find homes and taking care of them. Excellent. Are are any of them affiliated with maybe like the 4-H or any of that? No, because 4-H is more... Farm. Farm. Okay. And farm. these are our pets. Okay, so these are pets, and the shelters you're talking about are pet-type shelters. So Correct. These are... Uh, directed towards potbelly pigs there are some big as we call them big pigs in there uh, now and then excellent well Dottie, i want to thank you for being with us give us your uh website it is pigs four and that's the numeral four ever.com love your pet almost as much as you do here on the my buddy butch talk show I'm Marie Osmond. Choices, some are minor, others life-changing. But what if your small choices matter the most, like the stairs or the elevator, baked or fried? What if these small choices determine if you'll be the one out of every three women who die of heart disease this year? These choices might not seem life-changing today, but women are dying of heart disease at the rate of almost one per minute. Luckily, it's mostly preventable. Choose to act. Our hearts, our choice. Make your choice at GoRedForWomen.org. Boy, she's a lot of work. I don't think we were prepared for this when we decided to have her. If we could just find someone to help teach her the basics. Yeah, like getting her house broken. Naturally curious and eager to learn, puppies can't teach themselves. Visit the American Kennel Club's website at www.akc.org to find local clubs and get advice on training and training classes and help your puppy become the very best she can be. A message from the American Kennel Club and new puppies everywhere. It's time for the My Buddy Butch Vet Topic of the Week. Investigating the best pet care from coast to coast.
All right. Now, over the summer, uh, I was working with the contributors, all the veterinarians, on uh, shorter features. Okay. Now, this was uh, June, July, and August. And Dr. Nancy Kay actually came up with a few really good ones that were longer. Okay. And they're definitely very helpful, and I thought they would be worth a, a good listen and a highlight from 2010. So here's Dr. Nancy Kay. She's the author of Speaking for Spot, and you can see more about her and the book at speakingforspot.com. The world of pet health insurance. These days, people need to be creative thinkers in order to make their dollars stretch further. Not only does this apply to gasoline and groceries, but to your pet's health needs as well. And financing veterinary care is at the top of this list. Perhaps you've thought about pet insurance but haven't committed one way or the other because the policies are confusing or you truly don't know whether or not it makes good financial sense. Without question, modern, high-quality veterinary care is expensive, And as the cost of living increases, so too will the cost of doing business with your vet. Should your dog or cat develop a chronic illness or suffer some sort of catastrophe, such as being hit by a car, pet insurance might be your best, if not your only way of financing his recovery. To help you figure out if health insurance is a good choice for you and your pets, consider the following three questions. Number one, what are your financial resources? A new puppy or kitten means expenditure of several hundred dollars for examinations, vaccinations, deworming, heartworm preventative, and spay or neuter surgery. If an emergency, such as an illness or accident, occurred, think about the types of medical expenses you might encounter, such as surgery, blood tests, x-rays, an ultrasound evaluation, hospitalization with or without intensive care, and specialist consultations. Could you pay what was needed for your beloved pet's recovery? Currently, the surgical repair of a torn cruciate ligament, a common knee injury in large breeds of dogs, costs $2,000 to $4,000. The average fee to surgically repair a broken leg is around $2,000. And treating diabetes can cost several thousand dollars over the span of a dog or cat's lifetime. Now, compare these numbers to the amount needed to purchase medical insurance for your cat or dog. Depending on the type of policy, annual premiums vary from $200 to $500. The more expensive the premium, the more comprehensive the coverage provided. Now, here is the second question to help you determine if health insurance makes sense. Are you inclined to take the do-everything-possible approach when it comes to treatment? The price tag for aggressive veterinary care is considerably higher than for the more conservative approaches. If you answered this question affirmatively, insurance might be well worth the investment. And question number three is, what best suits your peace of mind? Will you sleep better at night knowing that no matter what happens, insurance will allow you to pay for excellent top-of-the-line care? Or will you lie awake at night fearing that you have just thrown away money on yet another insurance policy that might never be needed. Now use the answers to these three questions to determine if pet health insurance makes good sense. This is Dr. Nancy Kay, author of Speaking for Spot. Now we also touched on a couple of other issues, and Dr. Nancy has just a slew of information in the book Speaking for Spot. 
which I recommend very highly. But one of the things that we were talking about were microchipping your pets, okay? It can be a great thing, but she has some information for you, and here it is. Other than hanging identification tags on collars, I've always thought and advised my clients that microchipping our dogs and cats is the very best way to ensure that we will be reunited should circumstances separate us. As it turns out, microchipping is not nearly so foolproof as I've believed, not because the chips are defective, but rather because of human error. The following was reported in a recent edition of the Journal of the American Veterinary Medical Association. Here's what they had to say. A limitation of the microchip registry system is that many pet owners do not register microchips in their names. According to a recent study, shelters contacted microchip registries regarding 1,943 animals, but found registrations for only 58% of them. The registries were unable to find any information on the owner or on the person who implanted the microchip for 9.8% of the animals. Among other recommendations, the study's author suggested that veterinarians and shelter personnel should not only register pet microchips at the time of implantation, but also remind the pet's owners to update information in the registry. Jason Maryhugh, American Animal Hospital Association spokesman, said, educating pet owners is a key step to improve microchipping as a form of pet identification. Every time they change their address or change phone numbers, then they need to update that microchip information. Well, what does all of this mean? Here's the bottom line in terms of achieving the intended purpose of your pet's identification microchip. At the time your dog or cat is microchipped, be sure to complete the registration materials and have them processed with the appropriate microchip registry. Be sure your veterinarian or whoever it is that implants the microchip does the same. Additionally, update that registry whenever your contact data, telephone number, address, changes. I haven't moved or changed my phone number or my name in well over a decade, so my pets and I are in good shape. How about you and yours? Will your lost dog or cat be able to find you again? If you know your contact information is not current or you are unsure, pick up the phone or go online today. It could make all the difference. This is Dr. Nancy Kay, author of Speaking for Spot, and you're listening to the My Buddy Butch talk show on the MBB radio network. So there's some great ideas from Dr. Nancy Kay. And as I mentioned earlier, you can check her out at speakingforspot.com. And, you know, technology is great. And we use it every day on a lot of different things. Microchipping, great idea. But if you don't keep it updated, if you move, you're going to have problems. And the last thing that we want to see is another lost pet. It's the My Buddy Butch Radio Talk Show with your hosts, Jeff Marginian and Butch. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> Some students are tackling more than just their schoolwork, which is why more than 30% of them aren't graduating. But with a boost from you, 100% of them will have a better chance to make it to graduation. Go to BoostUp.org to find out how to give the high school students in your community the boost they need to make it through. Brought to you by the U.S. Army and the Ad Council. You know, I do the Vet Topic of the Week segment to try to keep you thinking uh, about things that 
you might want to talk to your veterinarian about uh, when you're there for your regular visit. So don't be afraid to ask questions and get the right answers. We'll be back. One of the things that I like to see, and I notice it more and more, uh, people who have a specific talent of some kind, using it to help others, help uh, animals. Kyla Duffy is a great example uh, with Happy, Happy Tales books. Dot com, And, uh, you know, now she's putting on a show. She's an aerialist. Now, who would have thought an aerialist would do anything or, you know, including pets and animals? Um, you know, me personally, I'm a producer. I like to produce shows. I really love to produce music. I produce, uh, I love to write, those types of things. So why not use your, try and figure out a way to use your talent to, you know, if you love your dog, you love your cat, uh, whatever pet you have, try to work that into something that you love to do that you have a natural talent for. I love to see that. Uh, people are doing it more and more, and we're always looking for people. If you know somebody that has a particular talent that has kind of merged it into um philanthropy or helping out uh you know their community let us know send us send butch an email at butch at mybuddybutch.com tell us about it and uh maybe we'll get them on the air i like to bring new stories those types of things and uh okay there's a few uh issues or not issues but uh, a few quick news items i started talking about the grammys uh, Barbara Streisand as their person of the year for Music Cares. And the Grammys are coming up in February, and voting actually is going on right now. There's a lot of uh, people who are like Best New Artist, Justin Bieber, he really took off. And, you know, there's the usual Beyonce's in there. Again, uh, Nora Jones actually is is up for a Grammy again. Lady Gaga, Katy Perry, um, Michael Bublé. <laughs> I always laugh when I hear his name. Um, very talented young man. John Mayer's in there again uh, for best male pop vocalist. And, uh, you know, check it out. Maroon 5, that's another uh, great act. Uh, Charday is in there again and also Train for best pop performance by a duo or group with vocals. <laughs> they have so many categories. It's tough to, it's tough to, to keep them all straight, but it's a usually pretty fun, uh, evening. You know, it's a black tie affair, although I don't know how many people actually wear a black tie to the Grammys anymore. So... That's coming up February 13th, uh, CBS, 8 o'clock, 7 Central. Uh, so check that out. Now, I also wanted to talk about the Kroger food recall. They found, uh, this is from the Tennessean.com, okay? And uh, the Tennessee Department of Agriculture conducted the inspection, and they found samples and grain sa or corn samples and grain samples that were stored and used to make the pet food. And they found elevated levels of some grains uh, of toxins 
in the grain stored there. And this is just before Christmas. Cincinnati-based uh, Kroger Company announced the recall of several brands of dog cat food made at a subsidiary, Delight Products, in Springfield because of the possible presence of aflatoxin. It's a toxic substance like a fungus. grows on corn and other crops. So that was the issue that they had. Hey, we got some great shows coming up for you in the next few weeks. We got a, a couple of surprise guests. So see you next time and stay with us. Join us again next time right here. And please visit us at MyBuddyButch.com for more information and the best after show blog in the world. All content of the show is the property of the Gemar Entertainment Corporation and may not be rebroadcast in any form without expressed written consent from Gemar Entertainment. Goodbye for now, and please watch your step. <laughs> <laughs>